0: welcome back again to blow average gaming i'm here with dab on them haters michael and (laughs) and i'm cat based technical difficulties josh and this week we're going to be discussing the finals for worlds that just took place for league of legends and a little bit of a little bit of stuff in between a little bit of pre-season discussion so michael how are you doing i'm doing pretty good how about you Oh, you know, it's been a week. And then, you know, it kind of felt like it had been a month. And then you look back and you're like, nope, that was just a week. And that's basically been my week. But, you know, I'm alive. I have a house, you know, that I live in. I'm fine. Just wasn't very fun. <laughs> so what have you been up to this week?
1: Ah, I've been up to <clears throat> a couple things. I bought myself an Oculus this week. So that's something i figured since i'm not buying a ps5 i can justify the purchase on something else
0: yeah and how's, how's that been going for you
1: Uh oh, it's been a lot of fun i have played exactly beat saber thus far and uh, uh game's really good
0: <laughs> well that's more more than you'll have for new games on ps5 so it already seems like you've made the correct decision here so very very proud very proud yeah, I know this week I've decided to finally bite the bullet and started up Last of Us 2 this morning at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm in. I have a platinum guide pulled up so I can platinum this bad boy while I'm playing it. And the game has tried to make too many points in a very short period of time. And it felt really shoehorned in so far. And I'm about, I think about two hours into the game and we've had about i think 5 political points try to be made which is like a little rough because so far basically what it feels like is they've shoot points in which is like fine if you want to make a point with your game or movie or whatever but the fact that like it feel like the story hasn't moved in 2 hours kind of sucks i don't know i'm hoping the game gets a little bit better i'm not impressed by the intro so, well, we can move on from that. I just want to give you a little update there. I know you're disappointed in me for my life decisions, but I'm doing this for science. For okay, science. for science. For science. And then, too, with uh, yesterday, me and Halloween, we started the family D&D campaign. In lieu of trick-or-treating, and I've now been informed that she does not want to go trick-or-treating anymore. She just wants to do that again. So, I don't have to go outside anymore for anything besides work so i think i'm really up on my decisions but yeah you get up to anything particular yesterday
1: yeah no not really i mean yesterday was primarily setting up the oculus and figuring out how everything works i uh made the fatal mistake of starting a new stardew valley save this week that was so you're gonna be on uh, the farm from now on I do this probably like once a year, and I always regret it. But it's been done, and I'm committed at this point. So,
0: well, you know, I've got to be committed to something. Unlike my parents,
1: I started a, uh, I found a new <laughs> puzzle game and started that mm-hmm. off. So that's been a ton of fun.
0: Now, what's the new puzzle game?
1: Uh, it's a game called a monster, Monsters Expedition. Uh, it's super interesting because it's actually like pseudo open world, which is super weird for puzzle games. It's, like, the the basis of the game is you're on, like, this, like, a whole bunch of different islands, and then you can, like, chop down trees and then move the logs to build, like, rafts and things. And, um, there's a couple puzzles where, like, you you start the game, and when you start the game, it feels like each island is its own, like, set-apart puzzle, where you have to, like, figure out how to get the tree in the position to make a pathway so you can walk to the next island, because once you push it in the water, you can walk over it. But then it hits the point where you can start making rafts, and then you can use rafts to push yourself from island to island, and then you have to transfer logs from one island to another. Been really interesting. Been a ton of fun. Right up my alley. After uh, finishing Baba, I haven't had one, but now I I think I'm going to jam this game until I'm done it.
0: Oh, sounds great, man. Well, for the main topic this week, so you want to get into the finals for League of Legends... So first off, you just want to break it down and say, we'll just go like top down. So start with the opening ceremony. Sure. We can start with the opening ceremony, which I would like to say one of us was more committed than the other one
1: because I was there for,
0: l- I was there live at three o'clock in the morning. I I was number one fan. I what <laughs> you got enough. You don't want to defend yourself. You're just going to blame it on the alarm clock. <laughs> My alarm didn't go off okay yeah. <laughs> so so what did you think of the opening ceremony oh well I went back and watched it
1: and overall like I think a lot of the opening ceremony was good the uh kda animation left uh, a lot to be desired i'm gonna put it that way but other than that it was cool I really liked how they brought back the like old world song in the opening ceremony like all the like some of the older ones that were designed for previous worlds was pretty cool but overall it was like it was pretty good
0: yeah, I, I liked it. It's true the animation was not really up to par with, you know, how they have been in the past. Do you know, the old intro songs are really cool. It was kind of nice to watch a live event, too, with actual people there. And, you know, and it was just, I thought it was fun, you know? And I, it made me feel a little bit better seeing that somebody out there is doing good right now with everything going on. And that, you know, a professional sport is doing well. So, you know, no, I liked it, though, you know, is all in all, it was fun. I'm not going to, like, write home about it, but, you know, it was solid. I'm glad it was there. I didn't, like, want to turn it off like some of the all other uh, live performances from a few years ago. So it was good. I liked it. Uh,
1: LCS finals 2018. Summer.
0: Don't Anywho, talk about it. Game, okay. one, game <laughs> one, game one, game <laughs> one. Yeah, how did you feel as a whole about these games? This series,
1: um, I think. I think for me, it went a lot what I was expecting it to go. I expected 3-0 or three one. Um, I think, especially in this meta, it's kind of over for summing when Damon takes game one on blue side.
0: So, as somebody who doesn't actually get into a lot of the minutia of sides and stuff yet, but you're kind of teaching me slowly a lot of the fundamentals of the league. What's the deal with blue side, red side?
1: Well, so, in every tournament, like, every patch in professional play, and, like, depending on, like, the professional meta in that region and all that stuff, one side's better than the other. And, um, let's just say that it's been extremely red-favored, this Worlds. Uh, So, if we go to quarterfinals, we had four wins on blue side, and... 12 wins on red side.
0: That doesn't seem right.
1: Uh, Semifinals, (laughs) uh, both, each semifinal had three wins on red side, one win on blue side. That, yeah, that's, and as far as it goes, in every series, the only team that's won on blue side is the team that goes on to win the series.
0: That's really interesting. I actually didn't know that so
1: yeah it's it's due to due to the nature of like uh the carry junglers and the jungle pool being so small this world's led towards a lot of jungles just being picked early and then so much came down in a lot of series to top lane counterpicks.
0: yeah which we discussed last week that counter picks actually seem to be relevant right now which is oh, nice yeah. i do I do like that a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, and outside of, like, it, it's interesting, because it's, like, a carry jungle meta, but we didn't see a lot of jungle counterpicks this year. We just saw the priority jungles being picked, and then your laners being super important. And so we saw, like, we saw a lot of, like, fifth pick top laners and stuff like that. And even, like, stuff like that, like, you have, um, in the finals there. Oh, does this not show me in pick order? Because I'm pretty sure this was a fifth pick, uh, Fiora in the game, too, as well. But I don't know. This way I have it open isn't showing me the pick order. Damn. Yeah, just toppling counter pick and stuff like that became super relevant because there were enough good junglers and enough power picks. Normally, what happened is you'd get like you lose two band slots on blue side and then still are giving away one to two counter picks, or like not counter picks but power picks in the meta. So, which just interesting. Blue side was put in a really hard time drafting. So. As soon as you like get a win on blue side in this meta, it's pretty massive. But And one actually got two. So Dang. They are the only team to have won two games on Blue Side in the entirety of the knockout stage in a series. Yeah.
0: You know, did it seem like a really solid team, you know, just fundamentally top to bottom, just straight up solid teams. I'm not surprised all they won. They were my pick'em's pick. Which, you know. It felt a little wishy-washy because it's not what I wanted, but it was what I knew was going to happen. You know, if if I had my way, it would have been Fnatic in the finals because you turned me into a uh, reckless fanboy. So I'll, I'll admit that. But no, I thought the series was fun. It was good to watch it. It wasn't a three-zero blowout, which is nice. So used to that, we got a super hype moment in game two with like the Rengar Fiora, and then Fiora gets to go off and get a penna kill. like. It was a world that was like it was just good. It was just solid. It's not like a ten out of ten thing, but it was like a good solid like eight to me, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it was like, good.
1: It was the the series wasn't super close. Like, yeah, it was a four game series. Game three, Damon probably should have won, but the Fiora popped off. But it is nice to at least have more than three games in a series after last year, which was 3-0, the year before that, which was 3-0, and then the year before that, which was 3-0, with the last non-three-game finals being Samsung Galaxy SKT in 2016.
0: Yeah. Well, it's good to see some back and forth in games, in, in series like that. It's just like with any sport. It's just... Somebody getting blown out just actually isn't fun to watch. So seeing somebody actually put up a fight is nice.
1: And I think I think it's been really interesting. I think this world's... Went like, apart from top esports massively underperforming, um, I think the Worlds, like, primarily went according to plan. Mm. Because you had, well, it wound up being Sunning, who was the LPL team who beat out JDG because JDG was the favorite going into the tournament. After groups, you could see that Sunning was really good just because JDG wasn't showing up and letting, SOFM was figuring out how to let his own style shine in this meta, which was really impressive.
0: Yeah, I feel like Sunning, despite losing the finals, won in their own way. Because they had a bunch of upsets. People didn't expect them to get to the finals. And just getting there was really cool to watch. And then watching them actually take a game off of them, too, was really nice. It wasn't just like a 3-0, like, oh, they didn't deserve to be there. They got lucky. It's like, well, no. They won a game in the finals against the heavily favored team. And you know when they earned every bit. Of their way there. So, yeah, it was good.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is, like, taking a game off them is super impressive. Because their run was pretty much on par to, like, Samsung Galaxy in 2017. As far as, like, dominance. And when a team's, like, that really high up, taking a game is a relevant thing. And, like, Sunning looked really good. Sunning was very clearly the second best team at the tournament. But Damwon just looked off the charts. And it's, it's really interesting because people... Ghost as a player has been around for like a long time in LCK or not a long time but long enough and has had very un very poor performance in the past couple of years but uh he really did change Damwon when he came in over nuclear just because he is he's not like your ruler or your like someone like that who's going to hard carry your game but he is extremely consistent He didn't really, like, he he wasn't really exploitable. And, like, his utility that he brought to the team allowed for uh, Noggery and Showmaker to both shine. Because they both had incredible tournaments. Yeah. And
0: he's definitely, he's been around for a while. And getting getting to see him actually go out there and be on the best team and matter on the team. It's not just, like, there filling a role. He's there being a top player. On a top team. It's really good to see you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah overall I think you know. It's just. Worlds was fun. I've never really got into like pickems And like really looking into. You know who's going to be who. And it was great too. Because like we got to see TSM roll over and die. Which was like awesome. Really enjoyed that. I feel like if you're ever that cocky. Going into like a Worlds competition. You deserve to get destroyed. There's a big difference between me and cocky and confident, so that was really nice. We got to see Fnatic do a bunch of really cool stuff. Like, they just, like, actually look like a good team. And, y'all, fingers crossed for next year. Next year, baby. Finals. Come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have anything else you want to talk about, necessarily, about the world as a whole, or...
1: um, I, I think we've touched on a lot of it. I do think... I think that this meta was actually really entertaining to watch. Uh, we saw a lot of weird stuff. We saw these carry junglers kind of arise. We saw Evelyn a lot less than I expected to at this tournament. But I wonder if that's just the cost to play here. Just because it takes a lot of practice and she is very different. Um, so in that case we didn't see her as much as I was expecting. We even had like weird stuff like the jungle Shen. Which came out a couple times And I don't think was incredible, but it's a thing that existed, and it worked a couple times, so... Yeah. And even, like, that, we saw very different priorities from team to team. Whereas if you had something like... uh, Damwon was playing very much, like, supportive top laners in a lot of situations. So, like, stuff like Gangplank and Ornn and... Lulu, they played a lot of and even is more like that. And then you have someone like Bin who just was like picking every carry he possibly could and being like, fight me. Cause he yeah. played in this in this like finals, he played Wukong, Fiora, and Jax in three of the games. So it's just really interesting that we saw that much diversity from teams.
0: Yeah, it's it's cool too because you see some of those picks that are more solo queue feeling from Bin. So, he kind of gives you a really good guy to root for, especially if you're somebody who plays a lot more solo queue or just with a couple people. It shows that some of those picks are viable if you are that good on them, especially that Fiora. Like, that game was disgusting. <laughs> It was good. You know, you get to see a lot of good team mechanics. You get to see a lot of good solo play style. Like you said, the meta was decently diverse. We had teams prioritizing different things. It wasn't just like everyone piles on to just a couple of picks and we don't see anything different. We had a good, we had a good mix. Like I never got bored watching any of these games and I watched every single game of Worlds. So yeah, I don't know. All in all, I think it was like a really good year for League. And I don't think you can say that about most other sports. That's why I think esports is, like, doing great right now. Because, like, stuff happened and they still were able to do their whole season. So it was great.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's been a really big year for League. Because even though we did have all, like, the COVID issues in spring. And, like, uh, EU and NA. Like, uh, LCS and LEC. They got resolved fairly quickly. And for the most part apart from observers being really bad and the one freeze in the semifinals, Worlds went off pretty much without a hitch. Yeah. And, like, that that's a lot to be said. And uh, LCS finals were broadcast on ESPN, which, yes, was partially just due to the fact that other sports weren't playing and they wanted to air something, but also is a really big thing for esports. It's, like, a big port. And, like, um, Bjergsen's retirement... Was uh, on ESPN as well. Like, it's kind of breaking into the mainstream. So, it is like, it's been a really big year for esports. And I think part of that is due to an accelerated growth due to, for a lot of the year, the lack of normal sports.
0: Yeah. On Bjergsen's retirement, out of curiosity, TSM now, after 016, Bjergsen retires. Do you think that team implodes? Um, or do you think they're going to keep most of the roster and just replace him? So, Just as a curiosity.
1: I know there's been talk about importing a bot lane for them. Um, Like, Biofrost has to go. Like, Biofrost can't play another split on that team. Uh, It sounds like their plan is to drop Broken Blade. Like, rumors going around that Broken Blade is gone. Which is interesting. It means that you're probably looking at a, a native top laner. Uh, with, like, the possibility of Licorice or something like that. So it's kind of interesting to think about that. I don't really know. I think we have to see what happens. I think the roster that they have now is 100% dead in the water without Bjergsen. Doublelift looked like a middle-of-the-pack AD carry. Um, Biofrost was one of the worst supports in LCS. Uh, Broken Blade had his moments, but even then it's like Bjergsen soaked up a ton of pressure. And, like, even, like, Bands and, like, the pick priority that you get off of having Bjergsen is absolutely massive. So, I think in that front, it's really interesting. Uh, I think that Spica has looked incredible, and Spica is probably a pretty high-rated player and, like, pretty high-importance player now because he did look very good at Worlds overall. He looked like the best-performing player of TSM, in my opinion. And he kind of does now have this position where he is a native LCS talent that was reasonable on a team that looked like a complete dumpster fire.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm really curious about TSN to see what happens because what was a giant of North America who could perform when they sometimes internationally, sometimes they couldn't, just just rolled over. And I hope that maybe, maybe with Bjergsen being such a big part of their shot calling and everything, maybe him being in a coach role might actually translate really well. He obviously has a lot of game knowledge, so I'm hoping that... He still gets to be a big impact in the world of League. I agree with that, and I, I think he'll do well as a coach. I think the
1: issue is is that team needs a massive force from the mid lane, and I don't think you're going to find someone who can replace Bjergsen at this time. Yeah. Just because, like, you need... Um, like, Power of Evil or Jensen. Like, Jensen not so much, but Power of Evil definitely did, like, the same kind of thing on... FlyQuest, as Bjergsen did on TSM, obviously a little bit different because it is two different teams, but... Yeah. And you need something like that, and I don't know if you have a player available that you can take in that's going to be able to fill those shoes. So TSM is going to have to massively reevaluate how they're playing with a new roster.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I'm really curious to see what happens next year with roster changes and everything. But... So... Do you want to touch on your... Deep well of knowledge of League and touch this preseason update that's coming. Yeah. I mean,
1: you hadn't looked at it until today, right?
0: Yeah, which was kind of fun because I got so, 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 what are your first impressions? Shoot. My first impressions of this. Okay. If you do not have high APM, uninstall League of Legends. Because the amount of move speed. On items as a whole and how much moves they give you. I feel like that if you don't have enough APM to properly, you know, do like animation canceling and attack moving properly. You're going to get lit on fire by the other team. I think the crit changes are interesting. I hope that maybe a lot of these changes do change build diversity a little bit. But overall... There's a couple of these items that I feel like are either going to be incredible or suck. And which is like, that's what preseason's for, right? Is for like checking into everything and redoing everything. I think ability haste is a really, really dumb way of wording something. I get what they're going for with ability haste replacing cooldown reduction. But ability haste just sounds dumb to me and that's honestly personal preference thing but it's just like i had to ask you what ability haste was i thought it was cooldown reduction but i wasn't 100 percent sure because i didn't read the fine print first i just wanted to look at the shiny items which i think is kind of like we approach this game a little differently which you know makes it all fun where i look at an item and i'm like this looks sweet and you're like nah items garbage
1: yeah, it's, it's interesting because, like, I, I did just check this, uh, like, the preseason announcement that they did. So, of all the items that are being changed, so either that are new or, like, uh, the all the new mythic items and stuff, there's 21 items with move speed on it. In That's some a lot form. of move speed. Whether it's, yeah. like, actually just flat move speed or, or if it is a... What should call it? Like, a passive or something like that. Which is interesting. There's also a couple of, like, additional mobility options that don't necessarily fall into that. Like I know there's um isn't one of these. Yeah, there's like Gale Force, which uh gives like 80 carries a dash and stuff like that. So there there is a lot of mobility in here. And I'm not sure I haven't played it on PBE, so I'm not sure how much that actually translates to game. And I know that PBE has had like a couple really big issues. Like I know uh Eclipse on PBE. Uh the numbers were very much off Turns out that two separate attacks or abilities within one point five seconds dealing sixteen percent of the target's maximum health on a six second cooldown was too much. Oh. Um, So that's been changed. So that that's the thing where like a lot of the stuff comes down to numbers where um it's gonna wind up where these things uh, land in the end. And the one thing I think that like I think tank myth tank mythics are super miss right now. Um Partially because you don't have a non-immolate, like, you don't have a non bombie cinder, sunfire, cape effect mythic for tanks. Which is really interesting because, as someone who very much likes playing around wave control and thinks that people don't do it enough, I don't like building bomby cinder. Yeah, I don't. Like, full think- stop. I try to, like, not build that item as often as possible. And, like... Every single one, I understand why they did this. They did this so that tank junglers can get their Cinder Hulk from multiple items. And I understand that. And it makes sense. I understand what they're going for. It's just, it feels bad to me. I don't like it that much. So that's really interesting. Apparently, from what I've seen from PvE, a lot of these items also feel undertuned. They don't feel like they do enough, which is kind of interesting. But all of it's just going to wind up where it lands in the end. Uh, I think there's a couple interesting things that come across from that. Um, one big thing that I think is like Victor with the changes they have presented is probably dead just because they've changed his passive and now you get your upgrades whenever you complete a full item which means you can never wave
0: clear until like 3400 gold so so his upgrades are based on you just finishing other items
1: yes so hex core is gone okay from the new season and instead of getting like instead of upgrading your hex core which gives you ap and ad and then or like gives you stats and then each upgrade you get one of your abilities upgraded. Now you don't have hex core. So you have an additional item slot and then you get each of your upgrades whenever you, uh, complete a full mythic or legendary item. And I know I'm pretty sure there's an additional AP change on this. Um, Victor preseason. Sorry. I'm just uh, pulling it up here because I want to make sure I have it right.
0: Oh, no problem. We're going to do the pull-up music. Do, 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 do. So, he's not
1: going to start with it. Uh uh each evolution point that he gets, so each time he completes a a upgrade, he gets plus 10% AP. So, he's going to okay. wind up having his like his six item late game he's going to have plus 40% bonus AP from his passive, which is kind of insane and is probably like means his late game is totally absurd he obviously doesn't have the mana off of hex core but that's probably not relevant but the issue is is victor for in a lot of matchups is you try to farm and back with 1250 gold or 1150 gold now i guess on your first back to buy hex core and then you level up e and you shove because you have a really hard yeah. time one v one ing like 75 to 80 percent of the mid lane champion pool that early on mm-hmm You basically need 3,400 gold to get an Augment now. Which means you can't actually wave clear with your E until that late into the game. So, like, one of the jokes that people have been making is, oh, you just rush Magi's every game, because Magi's is the cheapest legendary item. Yeah. And you're just rushing Magi's because it has the text of Augment my E. Yeah. And, I don't know, I just... I don't like it because I, I actually really liked hex core and I think there's more yeah. to do in hex core without removing it.
0: So as far as I can tell, then you you're, you're going to be fine. Cause you just built magis every game. Cause you never respect your opponent and you assume you're better than them. And usually it works out. So you'll, you'll be fine. Right? Yeah. But normally I built
1: my magis after my hex core. Cause I needed a little bit of AP first. <laughs>
0: oh, gotcha. 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 Yeah. I don't know. Like, So this is something that uh, you don't know about me. Victor is like one of my favorite champions in the game. I've literally never seen you play it. Because he sucks right now and he sucked for a long time. I still play him. Yeah. See, the thing is, is when something really sucks and I love it, I just let it die. (laughs) You know, you just get used to it after a while when things just slowly die and disappear in your life all the time. You just translate it to your video game picks, okay? You got a problem with that? (laughs) Well, I don't know. Yeah, like, that Victor change sounds atrocious. Like, being a late-game monster is nice and all, but you have to be able to actually get there. I mean... Real... Okay, okay.
1: You're playing... You're playing Victor, all right? Okay. And you get to six items. Okay. And... So you're, you're sitting at a six items, and you the enemy AD carry walks into you. On live, they die. Mm-hmm. On PBE, they're going to die. Who gives a shit that I deal 40% more damage? <laughs> they were dead anyways. <laughs> like, so... If you look at... So if you look at, like... People always talk as if, like, Hexcore is a bad item. But, like, as far as, like, cost-effectiveness, Hexcore's fine. Mm-hmm. So, at, like, max rank, so when, when you're done your perfect hex core at level 18, which is, like, super late game, which is the only point where Victor's gonna be positive in this, where the only point where he's gonna have more, is you have 180 AP and 450 mana. So, if we are assuming the mana is worth literal nothing, which it's not... But if we're assuming the mana is worth literal nothing, you need 400 AP, uh, 450 AP for you to be up AP on what you would have been before, which is very reasonable. And obviously, like, if you're sitting at 800 AP pre-modifiers, you're getting 360 AP off X-Core. Yeah. But my question is, I don't think that that 180 extra AP that you're getting does much. Because the champion's issue is... Is not killing people at full build, yeah. Victor has never had an issue killing people and carrying games at full build. He has the issue of getting there because right now, unless you get really far ahead, you're generally a little bit of a wet noodle till like thirty minutes. Yeah, you need what fifteen k gold to upgrade all your items right now.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of gold. Like
1: the like if you if you went with like. Most most mythic items are, like, 3,400, and I'm not 100% sure on legendaries, but you're probably looking at at least, like, 8,000 to get three upgrades. Yeah. You're just, like, not a champion for the first 20 minutes. No. And, and some I just... games
0: end at 20 minutes, so...
1: And especially with, like, a lot of the other mythics and stuff that seem like they're adding a lot of power into the game, like, just, like, damage and things like that, with, like the one item spikes are probably going to be bigger than they used to be barring yeah. like a couple champions obviously but overall so that's going to be like what do you do you're just dead you yeah. you aren't a champion until you have 10k gold
0: that's I mean, tough you know take somebody's early game that was already kind of so-so and then kick it in the teeth doesn't seem very nice
1: i mean his early game was not so-so <laughs> <laughs> Was it so sad? I don't know, it's just, it, it's interesting And I think, um, I think the other thing that stands out to me, obviously I'm a mid lane player, I play mages, so this is what I look at Um, I think that a couple of the really heavy mana mages are gonna not like this patch Um, and I don't mean that, like, overall as everyone But, like, something like a Anivia Which is, like, Tier Roa, Right? Yeah, the classic. Um, That's like... What What are you... Like, what happens? Like, what do you do? Because you... Sure, like, tier is a starting item now, which will help. But the thing with Anivia is you have to hit... Like, you needed both tier and Roa. You couldn't just use one. Someone like Cassiopeia did just Tear, and then wound up having enough mana to justify not having the Roa.
0: Excuse me? Tear is a starting item? I didn't yes, see tier this. Tear is a
1: starting item. Uh, is the information What?
0: In Can we not have tier as starting I item? Believe, I believe, I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure that tier is a starting item. You know what could not be a starting item, and I would be fine
1: with that? I don't see... I'm actually curious. I'm looking in this document and I don't see anything on Rod of Ages. So I don't actually know what's happening with it. I literally, like, can't even control F it in this document. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's just interesting. I think we'll have to see, obviously, once something happens, Riot will eventually adjust the champion to fix it, unless they're a champion that doesn't see play. In which case, they'll sit in the gutter for two years.
0: Yeah, which it's kind of sad.
1: I mean, yeah. Overall, I'm excited for preseason. I, I think I think that the item, re- like all the changes, is very good. I think that it's kind of overdue. And it is going to massively change the game. I just hope that they wind up getting it to a point and getting it right where there isn't a champion that feels like they just lost out on this. Yeah. Which I just don't know.
0: I just don't know if that's going to happen so yeah i know there's the two main things i was looking into is like how Jin interacts with crit changes as far as i can tell by the way his passive is worded in his four shot i don't think it lowers his damage but if for some reason they decide to lower his crit down too so that scales the the new infinity edge rather than having that four shot power early i'm gonna be sad because Jin's still my favorite character in the game and the other thing I was looking at with all these movement speed items is, all I want to do is play Heckram, because now I have so many more movement speed item options and I just want to run it, people. Is that okay? Just like Force of Nature giving me a bunch of movement speed in the middle of a fight when I'm getting hit by magic damage seems like fun. I don't know if it's good, but I want to have fun. I want to have a bunch of stacking movement speed with percentage increased movement speed on an item that never drops off in a fight. I thought it was great. But the other thing that I wanted to bring up with this preseason here, have you seen anything about the map changing?
1: Is the map supposed to be changing? Yeah, is it? I haven't seen anything.
0: Because it often changes. Like slightly, <laughs> like little jungle um, changes. So,
1: they're, I believe they're changing some of the scaling on jungle camps, but the big thing for this preseason is just the item update.
0: Okay. Back in my day, we had more walls, man. Well, is there anything else you wanted to touch on with the, the mighty preseason?
1: No I think that's it we'll have to wait and see I believe it comes mm. out next week so Actually Which is get exciting. to see Massive data on it because While PBE exists PBE is not exactly a uh, Good or relevant Source of data or Information for changes no.
0: yeah, definitely 90% not. of the time <laughs> Well is there anything else you want to touch on with The mighty League of Legends this week No that's it That's it Okay, bonus section at the end of this now. I told you I was going to tell you the Halloween story. Oh, the Halloween story. The Halloween story. So for those of you that stuck around to the end of this episode, here's the Halloween story that I was leading to Michael about. So this is the story of the time that I got a gun pulled on me by a police officer on Halloween. <laughs> So I'm going to uh, not mention the names of everyone in this story because I know at least two of these people I don't really talk to anymore. So the basic part of it is here is that me as a kid, like I never went trick or treating or anything. So I don't have a lot of Halloween memories except for staying inside eating pizza and turning off all the lights. So this one, the story rings true to me deep down in my soul. So we had gone out a bunch of us and I was about 18 at the time. So a bunch of gone out and taken uh, my friend's like cousins out to go trick-or-treating. They're like five and six. So then later on that day, we're all dressed up in like some kind of like minor costume, you know, like taking cousins out trick-or-treating costume. And our friend got a new car recently. And was putting stuff in her trunk down by a park here where we live. And she looked at the handle inside of her trunk there's a little handle and it's glowing and she's like what's that handle for I'm like oh i'm like it's a glow in the dark handle so you don't get stuck in your trunk right so it's a release for the trunk inside the vehicle she's like oh that sounds sweet she's like i want to try it so we're all standing around or whatever and we're like okay okay so we help her into the trunk and i'm like helping her push down i slam the trunk on her right as i'm slamming that trunk down a cop rounds the corner and all he sees is a woman getting stuffed into a trunk on Halloween on some side street by a park at like 8 o'clock at night. Lights on. Cop rolls up. Instantly gets out of his car, pulls out his gun, points at us, and tells us to get on the ground now. We all look at him. We're like, stop, stop. And at that point, our friend, unaware that there's a cop outside of her trunk pulls the handle from the inside, pops the truck open, and yells, Surprise! <laughs> and all she sees is a gun pointed at her. <laughs> and that right there is the most scary thing Ever happening on Halloween, no movie, no haunted house will ever top a gun point, gun being pointed at me by a cop. While my friend then jumps out of a trunk, possibly scaring the officer enough to accidentally shoot at us. And and that was that's my best Halloween story ever. <laughs> wow, that is not good timing. No, that was just. What are the odds of that happening? So I had to make sure you you got that one down. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Ah, That's good stuff. Well, obviously you can contact us on Twitter. You can email in. You can drop comments. You know, give us a nice rating. None of this fake five-star crap actually give us a rating and feedback. It's always good to actually have feedback. And just oh, you know, k-
1: keep an eye out because we're probably gonna start streaming in some form pretty quick here.
0: Oh yes, yes we will. What? Mm. I like that. Yeah, we start streaming here, and you can just see how below average we really are against. <laughs> and we're on for for all for myself and for Michael here. You have yourself. A good time. Don't let anything else going on in this world get you down and just enjoy your games and enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends and uh, never ever let Michael turn on his camera before we start recording the show because every single week he tries to distract me. I'm being held hostage. Somebody save me.